Some people are saying that the quarterback position for the Denver Broncos is the most important position that they need to address this offseason. But I beg the question, what about the position that gets after the quarterback? Yes, we're talking about edge rusher. We're taking a look at three potential prospects the Broncos could have their eye on in this year's NFL Draft. You get that and much more in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back in to a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. You can get this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcast in audio format. You can watch us here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications. And once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. When you wake up in the morning, you have your cup of coffee, you go to the gym, you're on your drive to work. We appreciate those of you that make us your first listen of the day to start your day off every single day. Sarah, my friend, hey, it's great to see you, brother. The NFL scouting combine is officially over. We got some clarity on some prospects in terms of testing numbers and metrics when we talk about elite athletes. There are definitely some. And, and look, the guys we're going to talk about here today, specifically at edge rusher here for the Broncos, which is a super important need, in my opinion. Really, quarterback is there. But this is probably the second most important need that the Broncos have in this year's NFL draft. So I'm stoked to break it all down with you here today, my friend. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I was We were just talking off the air. I've been watching the Combine. I've been loving it. I think it's maybe absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? We didn't have the Combine <laughs> last year, so I feel like having it back, just, just the nostalgia that it brings to see all the, the who's who of everybody from NFL Network and whatnot at Indianapolis at the, at the Colts Stadium and it's just great stuff, man. And I think everybody knew, like, this edge group, I mean, it's deep and it is talented. And the defensive line and edge guys, when they came out on on Saturday to do their thing, I mean, they did not disappoint. I mean, some literally some unprecedented workouts from these guys. And just, just a, a freak show in the best possible way, right? I mean, these guys are insanely talented athletes. And, man, it couldn't line up more perfectly with the Denver Broncos, like you said, I think edge is probably their top need outside of QB. You know, it seems like, too, every single year, various positions, there's new records in terms of 40-yard dash time, things like that. And we're seeing just athletes now get faster, bigger, faster, stronger, more elite in terms of athletics. And thank goodness to our good friend Kent Platt, who I actually have the honor of working with at Pro Football Network, Math Bomb. He's the one who puts out the RAS scores, the relative athletic scores. So we are going to talk about that a little bit here today. Let's talk about one prospect here. we got three prospects we're going to break down in depth here today. Starting things off with Oregon edge rusher Kate. Von Thibodeau, man. You know me, Sarah. I'm an Oregon Duck guy. I've been able to watch the Ducks ever since I moved to Oregon when I was a kid. So, you know, the Ducks hold a special place in my heart. And I feel like every year, this is a narrative we see about various Ducks players about talent. There's always these narratives get put out that seemingly suggest that they're not ready to be pros or they're not good enough here. And there's been some uh, rumblings at the Combine about Kayvon Thibodeau that he doesn't want to be great and that he feels like he's already achieved it. And how would he handle himself after a five-game losing streak, so on and so forth, that they believe that he's already believed that he's a superstar. Things like this that get out always make you scratch your head, but the real thing that we never really find out is what conversations actually happen in these team meetings. Kayvon Thibodeau, though, Sarah, said one 
one of the teams that he was most excited to looking forward to meeting and talking with was in fact the Denver Broncos. And I tell you what, man, he is a freak of nature. He's very disciplined. Now this year he battled through a little bit of an injury, came back from an injury to come back and play here for the Ducks this season. And I tell you what, man, he was arguably their best defensive player besides he and uh, uh, Penny Sewell's brother. So, uh, you know, a lot to look forward to here about Noah Fant. How did he do at the NFL Scouting Combine? He did awesome. He did awesome. I, I mean, like we talked about, this edge group was insanely talented from top to bottom. And just pulling up, like you said, the relative athletic score and a huge shout out to Kent Platt for putting this all together. It's so cool to look at and, and great to be able to weigh these guys against their peers historically. But man, at six foot four, 254 pounds, he threw up 27 reps on the bench press, which is really, really good. I mean, shows elite upper body strength. But then you also have a four, five, eight in the 40 yard dash. <laughs> I mean, that's that's crazy good for anybody that's over 200 and, you know, 25 to 30 pounds. But man, the, the number that stands out and I like that they're highlighting this now on NFL Network, the 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 10 yard split, the one five nine. And there was a really, really great note about that from Daniel Jeremiah as you're watching the combine. He said that the top 10 leaders in the NFL in sacks last year were all one six one or better in their 10-yard split. So for Kayvon Thibodeau to check in at 159 in the 10-yard split, maybe even more important than that 40-yard dash, which, I mean, nobody's going to scoff at a sub 4-6 when you're no. over 250 pounds. <laughs> so, I mean, it just it just backs up what you see from him on the tape. When he's right, when he's healthy, man, he's tough to contain off the edge. So much length, so much strength, so much speed. And that speed converts to power. Obviously, we see the 27 bench reps. When you're able to convert that kind of quickness with that kind of upper body strength and power, you can overpower offensive tackles. Well, and his 27 bench reps, if I'm not mistaken, was the best amongst this year's edge class in terms of numbers mm -hmm. put up there. So 27 is, is fantastic there. But, you know, I think that people often at times, I think, get confused about defensive linemen or edge rushers in terms of their speed here. I just want to factor in, they play on one side of the football, right, on the outside edge. Now, for them, what's most critical is getting around the tackle and being able to get to the quarterback. Outside of that, it's also being able to step wide and get to the sideline, contain the edge of the line of scrimmage there against rushers. That type of speed right there, combined with what you said about that strength that he has, that probably makes him arguably one of this year's best pass rushers in this year's draft class. Now there's Aiden Hutchison, Michigan, defensive end, outside linebacker. He's projected to be the first guy taken. But Kayvon Thibodeau could slip a little bit based on these rumors here. And it'd be very hard for the Denver Broncos at nine, granted, if they still have the ninth overall pick, which that's a whole nother subject. Maybe we'll get into this week, depending <laughs> on what happens here, Sarah. But man, I tell you, it'd be super hard if he's there on the board. It'd be hard to pass up on him. Going back to his college production, 126 tackles at the University of Oregon, 35.5 tackles for loss behind the line of scrimmage, which means to show that, hey, he is a very damn mm -hmm. good edge player. Nobody can run to his side without him getting there and disrupting it for a tackle for loss, 11 sacks, and 35 and a half tackles for a loss behind the line of scrimmage, which means that it's super hard, Sarah, to be able to run to his side without him being there to disrupt things. Not only that, 19 sacks in three seasons at the University of Oregon. He will be a special player. But look, you know, you always have to wonder when these rumors come out about a player, if there's any truth to them, right? And it's up to the player at this point to disprove those narratives. But people are leaking it out. Usually the combine and some of the stories get leaked out have a lot to do with impacting a player's stock. And sometimes you always have to wonder if some of these things get leaked intentionally to allow a player to drop. That has been a practice that has happened so far at the NFL level. So Kayvon Thibodeau in a Denver Broncos uniform, Broncos country at number nine. Would you be okay? 
okay with Kayvon being the next pass rusher opposite of Bradley Chubb. Obviously, some big shoes to fill as well with Von Miller, who said he would love to be able to try to fill those shoes and be opposite of what Von Miller was and really try to contribute here in a Broncos uniform. We'll talk about the next prospect coming up here in just a moment. But Broncos country, before we do that, let me tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. The bars, they contain 100% milk chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. And the bars, they have nine amazing original flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor that you can check out, plus the puffs. I'm a big fan of the churro puff flavor that is available at Built.com. And if you need a little bit of extra fuel to help you get you through your day, your workout, whatever it may be they contain 17 grams of protein 130 calories and only four grams of sugar so i want you to head to built.com right now find a box find a flavor that you or your family love and when you go to checkout make sure you use promo code lock 15 and that'll get you 15 percent off your next order at built.com once again promo code lock 15 gets you 15 percent off at built.com Continuing on in the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. Once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Sarah, we had just got done talking about Kayvon Thibodeau, and we talk about elite athletes, specifically at edge rusher. This next guy is also an elite edge rusher as well. When we talk about his metrics, his traits that he possesses, however, a lack of experience, I think, is a little bit, you know, creating some skepticism about maybe where he can go, which could make him available for the Denver Broncos when they are on the clock here. Let's talk about David Ojabu, Michigan edge rusher here, opposite of Aiden Hutchinson. His combine numbers here, when you look at it, his 40-yard dash was 4.55. That's fast right there. We talked about Kayvon Thibodeau, 4.58. 4.55 is really good. And when we talk about just going back and looking at the metrics here of these edge rushers, they play contained to one side of the field, and obviously they have the ability to pursue the other side but I mean for that type of speed there I think it bodes well to them translating next to the National Football League his RAS score though comes in at a 9.19 that is elite anything that's like in the nines or I believe it's like high eights up to 10 is elite here in terms of athleticism and courtesy of our good friend Kent Platt and his vertical jump was 35 so 35 inch vertical I mean that's pretty ridiculous for an edge rusher there however for him Sarah the college production is very limited. Now, in one season, very productive numbers. However, the overall amount of tape that he has on film, very, very limited in general. He only played in one game in 2020, and then he played the entire season of 2021. I tell you what, like that's that, it's got me a little skeptical, right? Like, was it a one-year wonder for him at Michigan, the, uh, the production they had? Was that due to Aiden Hutchinson's dominance that we had seen? Like, these are some major questions for a guy that is considered a potential first-round pick. They are, and it certainly makes you wonder, you know. But I think also, too, there's people watching in, with an NFL draft focus that would say watching Michigan last year, like, man, I liked Ojabu better than Hutchinson in, yeah. in watching them work together. And I think that there's some validity to that. But at the same time, I think you do have to really take this with a grain of salt. It was one season of production, but you see the just the instinctive pass rush abilities. Five forced fumbles is the number that really stands out to me, Cody, when you're talking about even as just a guy that, okay, yeah, you could say all you want. Yeah, he he really benefited from Aiden Hutchinson on the other side, but you still got to go get that ball out. Five times in a season is pretty darn good. I don't know where he's at in terms of NCAA leaders, but I mean, I would guess that's probably top 10, top 15 at the very worst. So you're talking about a guy who's getting to the quarterback with high degree of regularity, and he's doing it with very little experience. I believe he just moved to the United States in high school. So He's new to the game of football and he's new to all of this. And and obviously he's a physically talented 
yeah. player. And he's just, uh, I mean, six six four two fifty. So when you look at him and you look at his relative athletic score, it looks like he scored right under a 9.2. And that's with below average uh, and even average size. So 6'4", 250, that doesn't put him among the, the top tier of size in terms of edge guys. That just goes to show you if his, if his RAS overall is elite, the fact that he did that without having ideal size at 6'4", 250, that's really impressive. A 35 in the vertical, over 10 foot in the broad jump. Those are things that you look for. And why do you look at those things? Because he's explosive. I mean, he's explosive and he's strong and he's powerful. And when you get that combination, I think a lot of people would say in this this draft class, Cody, off the edge, when you talk about bending the edge and creating, like we saw Von Miller look like he was defying gravity out there a lot of times, bending beyond the 45-degree angle that se- just seems like he's, I mean, it seems like he's just floating out there on his side as he's getting to the quarterback. Ajabu is widely considered one of the better edge benders in this class. So you, you talk about guys that get to the, the angle that you get to the quarterback, right? So he's kind of uh, he's kind of right up there at the top of the class, even with guys like Thibodeau and Hutchinson. I mean, his ceiling might be higher than those guys. You know, I feel like for him, he's probably the true wild card of the edge rusher class in this year's NFL draft class, which obviously the NFL draft. Sarah, we're not even at free agency, but it's next month. Like, it is fast approaching here. So I'm very excited to see what the Broncos' plan of attack is. Do they address edge rusher and free agency, or do they look in this year's NFL draft specifically with the amount of talent, young talent, multiple talent that is there? But I do want to go back to the lack of experience here for Ojabe. As you mentioned, you know, he's new to the game. That means that there's still a lot of room for him to continue to grow as a football player. Not even just that, like, from college but going being a professional athlete going from the college realm and not having as much experience that is a significant difference which I think for a lot of NFL executives based on how he interviews I think will be a very important thing and and look we don't know how those interviews went but ideally you know if there's a bad interview that happens usually that gets leaked out to the public eye here I'm excited to see what you can do from but you know I think that still looking at the one-year sample size you can see the traits that he does have I still feel like it's not enough to truly tell what his strengths and his weaknesses fully are just yet, which I think from a scouting perspective, that kind of makes it very difficult to project. However, you look at the traits that he does have, the production he did put up, if you get that best version of him, you know exactly you're going to get a damn good football player. So it's like, how do you evaluate these you know, small data sample sizes? But for the fact that he has as much limited experience as possible and that he's considered a top 10 pick, I think speaks volumes to maybe the trajectory that he could have in his career. And could he be that guy opposite of the Denver Broncos? Bradley Chubb, the other investment that they have, was entering a big-time contract year himself. And if he has a good season, look, Denver could get to that dynamic pass-rushing duo, sir, that we wanted to see with both Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Could it be Bradley Chubb and somebody else? That's a question we're going to ask going forward. But next, we're going to take a look at another prospect that the Broncos have their eye on, potentially. And a lot of the mock drafts have seemingly rumored this player to Denver, not to mention George Payton's interest in a pass rusher last year in the NFL draft, missing out on him. Could lead us to believe this one guy could be on the radar. We get to that coming up here in just a moment, but before we do that, let me tell you about BetOnline.net, the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam with both pro and college hoops. It's tournament season right now, and BetOnline.net is the place to be. From all the latest odds, 
player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs this season. And BetOnline, they remain the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, for boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. As we enter the fourth quarter on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. If you are watching this right now on YouTube, it would mean the world to both Sarah and I. If you hit the thumbs up button, you like this video, you comment for the algorithm, and you also share this with a member in Broncos country that you know. Share this podcast with them. If they don't know what it is already, if they've never listened to Lockdown Broncos, put them onto it. We love you forever more than we already do. We love you a lot, Broncos country. Thank you so much for helping make Sarah Bettinger and myself part of your day every single day we really enjoy the interaction we get here on the podcast like i said means the world to us here sarah another prospect here the final guy we're going to talk about here today because realistically we want to take a look at the top three guys here jermaine johnson out of florida state has seemingly been linked to the denver broncos in a variety of different mock drafts by various analysts out there but you can't help but just look at his production and how dominant he was at Florida State. Now, you brought up a good story, you know, when we were off here before we started recording about the Broncos' interest in Jalen Phillips last year. Maybe George Payton trying to get into the back end of round number one here. Obviously, the Dolphins were able to secure him. Kind of makes you wonder if the Broncos are looking at Jermaine Johnson kind of in a similar fashion. But then again, like his numbers are off the chart here. When we talk about combine numbers, his 40-yard dash, same as Kayvon Thibodeau, 4.58. His vertical a little bit lower at 32-inch vertical. However, his broad jumps at 10.5 and his RAS score outside of that is higher than anybody else we've talked about here today at a 9.86. That is an unofficial. But the interesting note here from Ken Platt, he says that ranked 31st out of 2,188 linebackers from 1987 to 2022. Ridiculous elite athletic traits right here for this guy. And we know, Cody, that's what George Payton loves, don't we? And I made the comparison to Jalen Phillips. You know, I feel like just watching Jermaine Johnson play, you see the similarities in their game. So let's look at the relative athletic score and just talk about metrics really quickly. They're real, almost the exact same size. Jalen Phillips, 6'5", 260. I believe he's giving taking a couple pounds there from Jermaine Johnson. 40-yard dash time, 4'5", 10-yard split, 1'5", vertical, 36. So the, the relative athletic score for Jalen Phillips is .01 higher than Jermaine Johnson. And they're, they're roughly the same size, roughly the same metrics in every way. And like we talked about, I mean, that was a player that George Payton tried to trade back into the first round for last year. So in an alternate universe, there's no Javante Williams on the Denver Broncos and there's Pat Sertan and Jalen Phillips on the Denver Broncos. So it just makes you wonder, I mean, what does that make, you know, what does that lead to in the 2022 NFL draft? As you said, if the Broncos have their ninth overall pick, we'll see what kind of happens there. I mean, Jermaine Johnson is is that guy. He's that guy that could very well be there that has the combination of high RAS score, you know, production at the college level. People forget, I mean, this guy was on that vaunted Georgia defense before transferring to Florida State, which, I mean, what's in the water there at Georgia, Cody? I don't know if you have any inside information. Maybe we'll have to talk to our buddy Brooks Austin at some point about that. There's something in the water there. Those guys tore up the scouting combine and Jermaine Johnson, the fact that he wasn't on that team last year that won the national title is pretty insane. (laughs) It's crazy. 
they probably would have shut down everybody. I mean, their defense was really good and shut down a lot of teams, but they probably would have dog pissed everybody there. You know, <laughs> you know, Sarah, I kind of want to ask you, like going back to obviously college production, you know, going from Georgia, like you mentioned, being on a very good defense. Georgia defense has always been very strong. It's been a strong part of their game. You know, I think for the last decade when we talk about college football. However, what was his production like at Florida State that could have Broncos fans a little bit more interested in him? Well, obviously, you go from being kind of a rotation guy at Georgia where you're racking up 36 tackles, seven tackles for loss, and six and a half sacks in two seasons. Then you go to Florida State where you're the guy on the edge, and you get 70 tackles, 17 and a half TFL, 11 and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. So really, I mean, he what he set out to do by transferring to Florida State, he accomplished it, right? I mean, he's now going to be a top 15 NFL draft pick. He put together an outstanding scouting combine, and statistically, everything backs up what you see on the on the field at Indianapolis. I mean, why why even talk about these athletic metrics if the guy can't produce? Well, Jermaine Johnson's now checked every box, and so I'd be fascinated to know what the interview process was like for him. But man, when you talk about the whole package—size, speed, explosiveness, production—at uh, at multiple spots, really, I mean, that's. He's everything that you're looking for. So if the Broncos keep pick number nine, Cody, I would be less than shocked. I, I would be <laughs> shocked to be the opposite of what I would be if Jermaine Johnson was the pick because he makes a lot, a lot of sense. Uh, we'll see what the Denver Broncos have in plan for the NFL draft at the end of April. Plus, we have free agency coming up here. Broncos country. We're taking a look at edge rusher here for this team because it is arguably the most important need that the team has outside of quarterback. As George Payton says, Broncos quarterback situation is sitting at a 10. We know edge rushers probably at a 9.5 here. They need somebody opposite of Bradley Chubb to be able to get after the quarterback, specifically with the guys that they have on the back end of that defense and that secondary. They have a lot of talent and a lot of potential defensively to be one of the top units and a lot of questions now a first-year defensive coordinator obviously Dom Capers helping out with the Giro Evro here but for the Broncos getting after the quarterback is a must according to Evero will that happen that's going to be something we take a look at plus this week could the Broncos finally get their answer at the quarterback position the rumblings coming from the NFL scouting combine suggest that the Broncos will have clarity as to what they want to do with the quarterback position moving forward we'll talk about that and much more this week here on the lockdown broncos podcast once again broncos country thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day both sarah bettinger and myself we'll be back tomorrow for a brand new episode locked on broncos